This is Wildcat Country. It's only right. The ball's in his hands. A milestone victory for Arizona. Simon Says Championship. All the inside scoop on U of A athletics. Welcome to another edition of Wildcat Country. Eric Cohen and Shane Dale, and it's August, which means we are finally playing football. This month, well, Arizona's not, but other teams are, but at least training camp started. We're recording this on uh, Wednesday, August 3rd, and that's when uh, training camp began. So, Shane, we made it. Uh, we were worried about what to talk about. Uh, we always are in the summer. Last we did have a, we did have easy. a little bit of filler with the whole, you know, UCLA yeah, and USC leaving the yeah. conference, and where's Arizona going to go? You know, minor stuff, but you know, give us something to talk great? about. Yeah, gave us something to talk about. Like every every week, we had something interesting. Yep. I was so, actually, I w- yeah, I was actually mentioning to somebody the other day that uh, you know, last year we had all well, the coaches firings and hire or coach leaving and hirings, and we had that was like nonstop. And now this year we got the you know the conference realignment uh, madness. So there's it, there even though even the off season uh, we had nothing no shortage of things to talk about. And our numbers for our podcast have reflected that. People want to see what we well hopefully what we have to say. But we also have some fantastic guests, including the one we have today. Yeah, the uh, professor Matt Moreno going to join us. We are all going to go to class and learn from him. We'll find out about Arizona's football team. What happened to Kwame Evans and that recruitment, which. I was telling Shane last week, oh, don't worry. We're going to have him on, you know, he'll be on Arizona. Look like that's where we were headed, but you know, yeah. kids, kids change their minds. It happens. And we'll talk, I'm sure, conference realignment with Matt just to get his opinion on things. But first, it is time for Buy or Sell, which is presented by Ice Shaker. Check them out, iceshaker.com. And I had somebody ask me uh, this week how they can buy one and what the promo code was. And I said, well, you obviously have not been listening to my promo every for week Shane. on the show. Yeah. Uh, so it is promo code Wildcat Country, capital W, capital C, and you get $5 off. Uh, and if you want to hear more about their plans, check out last week's podcast with Chris Gronkowski, who is the founder and CEO of Ice Shaker. All yeah, right, Jumbo, Jumbo Ice Shaker is coming soon because his brother, uh, Rob, who you may have heard of, uh, decided, hey, I, these little, little, little bottles ain't going to work for me. I, you know, I, I drink a lot of a lot of uh, fluids out in the when I'm working out. So there, that's right. So uh, we need to get one of those once they are released. Yes, we do. All right. Number one, uh, you know, we had Pac-12 Media Day, Shane. So I, I wrote this one down uh, the other day. Uh, George Klyavkov uh, came out, the commissioner of the Pac, whatever they're, whatever they are right the now. The Pac. The Pac uh, said that the Pac-12 will secure a better media deal than the Big 12 when it's all said and done. Do you buy or sell that? I'll sell it. Uh, I, I, I like his. Well, I don't know what so much confidence is, and he's, you know, he has to portray strength here and he's doing his the best he possibly can to do it and say hey we're in great shape you know they're talking about you know uh teams from the pac-12 leaving how about they should be worried about you know them them coming over here he didn't say exactly that but he's trying to position it that way so no i i don't i don't necessarily buy that they're going to get a better deal without you usc and ucla um i think that um we'll get into this more too you know some sort of merger might make sense but uh, I, I have a hard time believing that, that the Pac-12 uh, in its current state without the, the LA schools is going to get a bit a better deal than the Big 12, even without Texas and OU. 
Yeah, well, you know what I'm going to say about this. So I even need to answer this. I think he's nuts. Uh, I know what he's trying to do, but uh, it, it didn't work for me. Uh, no, the Pac-12, in my opinion, or Pac-10 or whatever they are, uh, they are not going to secure a better media deal. There are no teams that this conference is going to be, be able to bring in on the Western half of the United States that are going to make it more valuable than what the LA schools were giving. You could add 10 schools. Boise State, BYU, I mean, you could steal from anybody. There's nothing west of the Mississippi that is more valuable than the, than the California schools. Yeah, I mean, if, you're, if you're just talking about talent and teams that are ranked and have had good years, I mean, that... How about TV then, market? Then, then sure, just, but yeah, we're talking about... But that's not that's not what makes the, the college football world go around. It's the TV markets. And so Boise State's only going to add so much. Fresno State's only going to add so much in that regard. Uh, number two... Uh, the rumor is that all Pac-12 athletic departments are on board with keeping the conference stabilized. Do you buy or sell that apparent statement? I buy that that's what everyone is saying publicly, but I would be shocked if there weren't phone calls being made. I, I think there's a little bit of who's going to blink first going on because um, th- there has to be right. You have to look out for it, it would be I, I guarantee you this, Eric. There's no university athletic director in, in the remaining of the remaining Pac-12 teams that's just content saying, yeah, we're all in this together. We're going to stick together yeah. and is not making any additional calls or exploring any additional options. It would be foolish not to. So on the one hand, you can meet and say, yeah, we're going to try to bring in some other teams. And maybe that is a possibility and something they're really working on. But there you, you've got to at least explore. Like if you're Arizona, you have to at least explore the possibility of, of joining the Big 12. Uh, or joining another, I mean, Big 12 really seems like the only realistic option for Arizona. And if you're actually going to join another conference, I know we talked about some sort of partnership with the ACC. I haven't heard anything about that in a while. Uh, so that seems That's like the dead. only, that seems like, yeah. So the Big yeah. 12, either, I think the only two realistic options are uh, Arizona joins the Big 12 or they peel off some Big 12 teams and they come over here. But yeah, they maybe they are united, but yeah, well, well We'll see. I, I, I think there obviously there, there have to be additional calls, emails, text uh, conversations being had. Yeah. And, you know, I know we had John Canzano on the other week and I don't know who his sources are. I know he's one of the he and John Wilner uh, in the Bay Area are reporting. Everybody's united. I, I just cannot picture the four corner schools being the two from Arizona, at least Arizona. Utah and Colorado aren't seriously considering saying, hmm, should we make the jump? I guess the question um, is, can you be both? Can you be united and say, we want to keep no. this conference together while also exploring other options? I guess here's it just depends what it, on how, I feel like it's a bit of semantics, really. Here's what it is. It's you're dating somebody. You're in a relationship with that person. And at the same time, you have another side piece that you're talking to. That's what... Are, I believe that these schools are, are they, doing. but are they, are you, did you agree to be exclusive or did not? Yeah. This you're okay. in an exclusive relationship. Okay. Not married. Well, yeah, you're, you're married. Uh, and I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. I'm just telling you what I think is happening here. I think they're saying, yeah, we're together. You're putting on a, a face, you know, to your significant other. Oh yeah. Everything is good. And at the same time, you know, you're behind their back. You're saying okay. Uh, you well, know, what would you What you... would you do in Dave Hickey's position? I mean, if you meet with the other schools and 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 say, so okay, let me back up. Basically, what you're saying, Eric, is that this whole United thing they don't really mean it. They're just saying it in public, and yes. they're all out for themselves. Yes. See, I I actually think you can sort of straddle the fence here. I don't think it's a perfect analogy with the you know being in a romantic. No, I'm, that's the way I that's the way I view it. Okay. I mean, I agree with that. 
And I don't, listen, I am absolutely against cheating when it comes to relationships. Let me point that out. In this particular case, though, for Arizona, who may, you know, is kind of worried, hey, my, my significant other may dump me, you know, if, if Oregon leaves, Oregon and Washington leave, and then maybe Stanford and Cal, let's say the Big Ten wants to take all four of those, Arizona's left with nothing. So, you know what, you got to look out for yourself here. And you got to, and, and I believe that, that Arizona should proactively be looking at the Big 12 for that reason. You're saying you can't make a commitment uh, and also, you know, create a profile on Tinder at the same time, right? Okay, that's fair. Uh, number <laughs> how, three. how far do you want to stretch this analogy, Eric? I'm for keeping. I'm, I'm just going to move on to the okay. next one before okay. we go on from that. Yes. Uh, number three, let's let's uh, transition to football with practice starting today when we're recording this. Uh, Jaden Delora, the Washington State transfer, uh, should be the unquestioned starter at quarterback going into training camp by herself. I'll buy it. He should be uh, now. I, and I don't expect that to change. And Jed, Jed Fish, you know, said, and he's, he's getting all the, you know, the QB one reps and, and that's fine. I, I think that th- there should be a clear pecking order there. I, I think it's, it's a little more clear cut. You know, certainly know if Fafita might find a way to get onto the field, like our buddy Matt Moreno has talked about um, Jordan McLeod, maybe in the mix. And I think he'd be a solid backup, but yeah, I think there's no way that could, based on what Arizona's quarterback situation was last year, which was a train wreck to put it nicely. You bring in the the reigning Pac-12 offensive player of freshman of the year. There's no way he's not the starter going into the season. So yeah, I'll absolutely buy it. Uh, and unless an earthquake happens during practice, a, a figurative earthquake, uh, I I can't imagine he won't be the the, the guy taking the uh, under center the first uh, play of the season in at San Diego State. Oh yeah, bye 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 bye. Uh, strong buy, very strong buy. Yes. Uh, sorry, Jordan McLeod. Uh, sorry, Gunnar Cruz. Sorry, Noah Fafita, who's probably not ready yet as a true freshman. Jaden Delora is the right guy for this team. Uh, at the at the outset of this season, I'm really looking forward to watching him play in an Arizona uniform. It was a great get for Jed Fish. Uh, with that said, I also want to say that we've talked about Will Plummer. You know, what, what's going on with him? He is out for a significant amount of time due to injury. I would not be surprised if he were back next year as maybe the third quarterback. Mm. which he would be, you know, in, in kind of a coaching role. Maybe Will Plummer wants to become a coach. Yeah. Uh, I admire what he did during his time at Arizona last so, year. So ton of respect for him. Yep. He's, he's not a power five starting quarterback. He's, he's just not. But the guy toughed it out. He, yep. uh, he, he gave everything he could to the team. Ton of respect for him. I just don't ever want to see him playing in an Arizona uniform again. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, it should be Jaden Delora, Noah Fafita, and I will think that Jordan McLeod will probably transfer at some point. I, again, I just my my hunch. Uh, I would I'd be surprised if he stuck around as a backup. Uh, number four, Shane. In your opinion, the optimism around the football program is the highest it's been since the first year of the Kevin Sumlin era, aka when I was talking Rose Bowl, buy or sell. Probably. Probably. Yeah. I, I think that maybe the following year, but I think that the way that that first season under Kevin Sumlin ended, um, you know, and, and that collapse against ASU knocked him out of a bowl game uh, that put a sour taste in everyone's mouth that I don't think ever went away under Kevin Sumlin. You know, they started yeah. the following season. Okay. And then they, they went on and lost what 23 out of 24 or whatever it is. Um, no, not all of those for someone's last year was under Jed fish, but, but yeah, I, I think it's crazy. And I tweeted about this the other day. It's that, you know, you compare ASU and U of A because as we do, because it's, it's a rivalry thing we, uh, we do regardless of whether, whether they're actually playing right now or not. Uh, ASU has beaten Arizona five times in a row. 
including the 70 to seven game. They have been a better team each of the last several years than, than Arizona's had. And yet, yes, I would much rather be in Arizona's position right now than ASU's. I think most fans, all things being equal, would. And it's kind of crazy to say, considering Arizona's been so bad for so long, but you look at all the talent on this roster and a lot of young guys. So I, I think you had temper expectations. A lot of young guys combined with a tough schedule. I don't think that that translates into a bowl game right away, but certainly the optimism, I think, I think fans just want to see progress, you know, four wins, including maybe a rivalry win, hopefully over ASU and, or a, an upset win in there over a ranked team, not out of the realm of possibility, you know, consider Arizona almost did that against Utah last year. So yeah, I think the optimism, it's a low bar, unfortunately, but I think the optimism is as high as it's been since Kevin Sumlin was originally hired at Arizona. I'm just feeling, and, and once again, I'm probably drinking the Kool-Aid, so obviously I'm buying this, this optimism thing. Um, I feel like Arizona's going to win at least one of their first two games against San Diego State on the road or Mississippi State. Okay. I, I just There's just a gut feeling, maybe I'm crazy. Um, I think Arizona's going to win one of those games. What do you think the attendance is going to be for that Mississippi State game? Uh, not great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it will have a lo- a four in 40, front of 000? it. You think 40,000? I was thinking the over under 40,000. Yeah. Yeah. Low 40s. I think you'll have it's an eight o'clock games. It was a little bit earlier. It'd be one thing, but I, I, I think, think, go ahead. Yeah, no, I think you'll have, you'll have a decent crowd there. I, I think that perf- performance against San Diego state will dictate some of that. You know, if they come out and they shock at San Diego state and they win that game, then I think that'll put at least a few thousand more butts in seats for the Mississippi state game. Cause it'll be, it'll be big. It's a big non-conference game. I mean, for Arizona standards anyway, it's pretty big. Uh, my bonus question this week, Shane, uh, you're going to laugh at this one, but I, I was very upset last year at this end of third quarter song, this Kenny Chesney song that nobody knew yeah. happy, something toes, happy, something. I don't know what it was. No one was happy we, at that stadium. Last nobody year. was happy. It, it deflated the energy. And, and the other thing they need to get rid of is that, the, the alma mater where they had this choir sing, I mean, it, it like drained the stadium. So they got to do something about that. They changed the end of third quarter song to Don't Stop Believing." Good move. Are you, buy, are you buying that this is a good move, Shane? I guess is this a, the right song. It's better than the last one, but no, I, I'll, I'll sell it. You know, our, our buddy Blair sell. will sell. No, selling well, I, Don't Stop Believing. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll sell that we need one. But why do we need a third quarter song? It's, anyway? it's good. It's, you got well, you know, our buddy Blair to... Willis noted that the best traditions in football are the ones that kind of happened organically, right? Not the ones that are forced on, oh, okay. we're doing this. You know, you think back to all the traditions at Arizona that we love. I don't, they just kind of, I think, happened over time that it wasn't like we're like the athletic director or the coach saying we're doing this this year like you know like the zona sway didn't catch on because it was dumb the the the, the kenny chesney song was 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 ridiculous i liked what jed fish has done but that was that of all the things he's done that's probably the worst thing so far at arizona which is yeah, fine. that's bad. the worst yeah. thing that's yeah. fine but it wasn't great i don't i don't think we need that it's like if the if something's going to become a tradition I think it just needs to happen organically among the fans or, you know, in, in this day and age, maybe like a social media hashtag that catches on. I, I think that, Oh, we're doing this this year. This is what we're doing. I, I just don't think that's the way to go about it, but, but don't stop believing not my favorite journey song, but it's better than the one from last. Okay. okay fair. Uh, I do want to say this, you know, in watching videos the other, the other day, you know, college football getting ramped up. I mean, jump around, obviously it was constant is great. Right. The very underrated is the don't back down at uh, it for Florida, the Tom Petty's don't back down how everybody sings along. 
Oh. And I feel I like won't, I won't back down. I thing. won't back down. Thank yeah. you. Jeez. I, I got, my I got classic rock. Thank you. I, I won't you. back down. Uh, that is a really good. I mean, it's just cool how you have 80,000 people who are singing along. I mean, I just wish, I hope that everybody at Arizona Stadium, if it's a good game, will do that. And maybe you're right. It starts something organically. Now, I, I was just thinking uh, randomly a couple of uh, hockey teams when the St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup a few years ago. Um, during that season, they started playing this, uh, this eighties, I don't know if you call it yacht rock or whatever. No, it's oh, a pop song, uh, yeah. Gl- Gloria after games, horrible yes. song, but it, was, it became it was, popular it was, because it was like, disco. it was their song. It was, it was it disco was kind of. Yeah. But it was like, it became popular because it was their song. They kept winning. So everyone loved it because it, it was associated in their minds with winning the Edmonton Oilers did the same thing with La Bamba last season. Okay. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and they they had a, they didn't win a Stanley Cup, but they had a good playoff run. So everyone is like, oh, we'll play La Bamba at the end of the end of the, uh, end of the game. So if Arizona has a great year, they have an unexpectedly great year, then maybe this becomes a fa- a fun tradition. But you just can't force it on people, especially when people associate it with the losing team. My my favorite thing that Arizona has done in the last ten years, and I know other school other teams do it. Uh, there was a call, I think it was 2014, when Arizona was having the really good year with Scooby and Rich Rod and everybody like that. Um, there was a call, I think it was against Washington where Arizona got a fumble or whatnot and they played, let it be the Beatles. I was there. Yes, I do. Cause we were all waiting for the decision. It was, it, it looked yeah. like that game was over. Washington probably right. should just taken a knee. Yep. And they ran the ball and it was, it was like a toss up call on the field. And yet they, yeah, the, the they're looking at the, the monitor, the referee was looking at the monitor to see what the call should be. And I remember singing along, let it be with the, and uh, that is one thing that for a call that you that Arizona you know where they rule it right on the field and they want the Wildcats to to keep it you know I hope the sound team somebody from that team listens to Wildcat okay, country I, I miss having fun at that stadium and that really 2014 was really the last time maybe 2017 you know with uh, the cool Tate mm. uh the month of October yeah. but you know yeah. I miss having fun competitive games at that stadium maybe we'll have some again this year I haven't Shane you and I haven't seen a win in person since September of 2019, because the one game I missed last year, yeah. of course, and, and I don't want to hear it from anybody. Arizona's going to win a game when I'm there this, they this will. year. They will. If they don't, if Arizona doesn't win a game when I am at the stadium, and right. I may well, go we're to saving this, we're saving this. Go ahead. I will strongly consider giving up my season tickets. Oh, strongly consider. I will strong. I, I'm serious. If they, you're all about the go, bold, the bold statements, Eric. If they go zero and eight when i'm there oh and seven yeah I, it's probably time that i should stop going to football games just, okay just that's okay uh coming up next the professor matt moreno let's find out all of the news from him including what happened with Kwame evans here on wildcat country scooby we sent you an ice shaker um they are a sponsor uh courtesy of our buddy chris gronkowski uh you have it Bro, right there i love my ice shaker Fun fact, when I was, I trained with Glenn Gronkowski, everybody, when we were trained together, people thought I was, I was the other Gronk brother, so it's kind of funny. But yes, I love my ice shaker. It is very good. I use it every day. I am a, I am a veteran to the ice shaker game, by the way. What's up, Wildcat Country? Chris Gronkowski here. Use coupon code WildcatCountry at iceshaker.com. Shane, it's another episode with our friend, the professor, as I like to call him, Matt Moreno, joining us from Rivals.com. He's moving up the ladder so much that I don't even know what his title is these days. Matt, what, what's your title now? I can't even remember. Pac-12 recruiting uh, analyst for now. Uh, okay, for, could, soon for be, now. could soon be many conferences uh, before the recruiting analyst part, but 
for the moment, for the next two years, Pac-12 recruiting. Well, we just took no, a professor. Yeah, the professor is much easier uh, to remember. I, we'll, we'll get to the whole conference realignment thing, but I want to start with a big story that you would know better than anyone, and that's Kwame Evans. Um, Shane and I had a, had a recruiting guy on a couple months ago that said, off the air, that was uh, after we recorded, that said, yeah, it's pretty much done deal that he's going to Arizona. So don't even worry. Uh, and then he commits to Oregon this week, and we're like, uh, what? So what happened with Mr. Evans? In the months before your conversation, it was, he's going to Oregon. It's a done deal. If you're an Oregon fan, don't worry about it because he's going to Oregon. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was the, for a very long time, that was the conversation. He took a visit there and the conversation was still like, Hey, it's, it's going to happen. It could very well happen very soon. Um, And then Arizona decided, Hey, maybe we want to be involved in this recruitment. He's pretty good. Um, you know, Tommy Lloyd has some connections to, uh, you know, some of his coaches. And so I thought, you know, well, let's see what happens with Arizona. Let's see if they can do this. And sure enough, get him on campus. He has a good time. Um, he likes Arizona. And that was the word for a really long time. But as I've been saying to a lot of people, this is why five-star recruitments are, are difficult. I mean, there's just a lot of different layers to them. A lot more people involved in their typical, hey, you know, a recruit, his parents, that's it, making a decision where he wants to go to school. Um, you know, in today's day and age, there's NIL stuff. There's all kinds of stuff in play. My, Nike money, right? Nike money. Sure. I mean, just NIL opportunities everywhere that everyone's okay. going to be able to, you know, it's all legal. It's all, you know, part of within the rules. And, um, you know, things can change. Things can change quickly. And so, um, you know, it's all possible that everyone was wrong and that, you know, maybe he is always going to Oregon. But, um, you know, it really did feel like Arizona was a spot for a really long time. Um and I keep coming back to this, you know, Tommy Lloyd doesn't necessarily enjoy all this stuff that goes with recruiting. Um, and, you know, that's one of the reasons he stays off of Twitter and doesn't have a Twitter account and stuff like that. Um, because there's a lot of stuff that goes with it. And now it looks like, you know, Arizona lost the recruit, but in the reality, KJ Evans knows the truth and knows what is, you know, only he knows what he was thinking throughout this process. And obviously you can only talk to so many people and, um, you know, gather as much information as you can. But um, even when you're talking to a recruit face to face, sometimes what they're telling you is not fully the truth. And so, um, you know, it's just it's one of those things where this is why Tommy Lloyd doesn't like this kind of stuff that comes with recruiting, because then it looks like, hey, you lost out on a recruit, but maybe he was always going to Oregon. And, and that was just kind of going to be the plan. And so, um, you know, five star recruitments are weird. And that's what I keep coming back to. They're, they're very far from normal with NIL involved. They're very, very much different than, you know, any other type of recruitment. Um, you know, a lot of guys lower on, you know, lower on the totem pole, just pick a school because they like the school and all that stuff. And I think, you know, KJ Evans really did like Oregon. I mean, like I said, that was going to be the pick for a really long time. That was the, the word was like, it is done. He's going to Oregon. And then Arizona came in there and, you know, made a move and um, it's a tough loss, but you know, it's one of those things that they'll just have to recover from. I think if, Arizona fans should know anything about Tommy Lloyd, you know, in the couple of years that he's been involved here and been coaching, um, or I guess a little, a year or so, a little bit more than a year, but um, is that he has, you know, things in the works, you know, he's got international players that he could always go and get. They're always yeah. going to have options internationally. And obviously Cody Williams now comes into to the picture a lot more, an in-state guy from Perry high school in Gilbert and kind of plays a similar style to, to KJ Evans and has some similar size and, starting to come up on the radar a little bit more and, you know, we'll see where things go with him. But um, I don't think that Arizona is, you know, out of luck because they didn't land, you know, Palmy Evans. I think there's some options there and 
Um, you know, KJ Lewis was visiting Arizona this week and um, he's very good. It's, it's like if you, you get him in the class and you build some other pieces around him, it's going to be a very good class because he's very good. So um, I think Arizona is still on the right track. You got Colin Boswell. He's coming in already, coming in a year early. I'm going to get some work probably means he's going to stay a little bit longer than, you know, what a lot of, you know, high level recruits would. And he's not going to be necessarily one on one and done guy because he's going to have to wait his time a little bit. So I think Arizona's in a fine spot. Um, they'll be okay. And, you know, it's just one of those things that it, it feels like Arizona fans like to point to the losses instead of the wins, but Arizona's, you know, battled some teams and gotten some very good players already under Tom Lloyd. I think we should stop being shocked that 17 and 18 year old kids change their minds. You know, it happens. It's going to happen again. Sometimes it happens in, in Arizona's favor with T-Mac. So, you know, you never, uh, along those lines, Matt, uh, Kylan Boswell reclassifying. What do you think that means for the, the roster this season? And could he potentially challenge Kirk Creaser for the starting point guard role? I, I think coming in a year early is probably, you know, one of those things where he looks at it now as a couple year plan, you know, it's going to take some time. I think he understands what the roster looks like. Um, I think he's good enough to really challenge and, and get some time on the floor as a freshman. Um, but you have to think back and, well, he was going to be a senior in high school. And so um, I think, you know, he did deal with an injury over the summer and it kept him off the floor quite a bit. Um, so I think that kind of played into the de decision a little bit as well, where, you know, if you get out to Arizona, you can get, you know, in the hands of their doctors, their trainers, get you right. Um, as opposed to, you know, trying to do things on your own and, and go that path. So I think that's, you know, played a part in this decision as well, but, um, you know, I still think there's some things he needs to work on in his game. I think he's much more of a defensive player right now. And, um, you know, the offensive game is, is coming along, but he can run a team. Um, but I still think him coming in early, all it means is Arizona is going to have a player that sticks around a little bit longer than usual, you know, at that level. Um, and we all saw what happened with Ben, where he kind of had a really solid freshman season and then really kind of hit the stratosphere and became a lottery pick. And so in that second season, so I think it's a, it's a good plan for Kylan Boswell. I think. No, if you feel like your time has passed at high school and you're ready to move on and you're kind of over it and ready to move to college, um, I think he's someone who has the you know type of talent to at least contribute. Uh, if he's okay with his role, I think it'll be you know a successful story for Arizona. I think it wouldn't have happened unless everybody was on the same page about it. And so um, I do think he's going to have a chance to you know at least per, uh, push Kirk Creesa you know in practice and things like that, but. At this point, I don't anticipate him being, you know, the starter, but I do think he'll get a chance to play and showcase what he can do. All right, Matt, let's pivot to football. We had the first practice of the season, even though it was, you know, non non-contact. We didn't learn a lot of the, about those guys, obviously, but um, some positions that you're keeping an eye on, maybe position battles going into the season. We had Phil Steele on last week, and he mentioned that despite the the great freshman at tailback that Arizona's brought in, he thinks Michael Wiley is likely to be the maybe the guy at least to start the season. What are your thoughts on that? Maybe some other battles, uh, potential position battles you're watching. Yeah, I think running back offensively is definitely the one to pay attention to. Um, you can't forget, and I brought this up, maybe the potential starter wasn't even on the field on the first day because he was finishing up uh, getting cleared and DJ Williams from Florida State. Um, you know, Arizona waited until the very, very end to bring him in. Uh, he was at, he started his career at Auburn. Uh, he was getting cleared on the first day of practice, so he wasn't able to go, but um, you know, he was watching everything and has good size and, you know, looks like he could be a contributor talking to Jed fish last week at PAC 12 media day in LA. Um, he kind of said that, that, you know, it's, it's kind of Michael Wiley and, and DJ Williams and then everybody else. And I don't know that everybody else liked to hear what he had to say, but he said they, they should really focus on trying to become really great special teams players because that's how they're going to you know start to get on the field. And so 
Um, that's one thing about Jed Fish in year two that I'm starting to figure out. And as we're starting to see this thing play out is he's becoming a lot more, Hey, I'm, I'm, this is how it's going. Uh, this is your role. This is how it's all going to play out and, and being a lot more blunt about it. It feels like he hasn't been afraid to talk about starters and Hey, this guy's going to be the starter. And, you know, a lot of coaches don't like to do that. And he didn't like to do that last year. Obviously he was still learning the team last year, but, um, that's the one thing so far, Jed Fish going into year two has been pretty, uh, you know, upfront about what's going on. And, and I think that's a good thing for the players. And, and you know, they, they understand, hey, this is my role. This is what the coaches think of me. If I want to play more, I need to perform better in practice and, you know, do the things, you know, leading up to Saturday to get on the field on Saturday. And so um, the running back battle is definitely going to be an interesting one. There's a lot of pieces there. Um, you know, I look at that group and I go, man, that guy can play and that guy can play. I know that one can play. And so you have, you know, Stevie Rocker and Jonah Coleman and Michael Wiley, like you mentioned, then uh, obviously Rayshon Speedy Luke is, uh, you know, had just arrived and a little bit smaller. So I don't know that he's going to be someone that's, you know, toting the rock a whole bunch, but you look at his speed, uh, <laughs> it's in his name. He's speedy uh, for a reason. Yeah. yeah. And, and you just go, that guy can help you in some way on this field. And so I think he's going to end up, you know, catching a lot of passes during his time at Arizona, but um, you know, there's a lot of players there and you, you forget about someone like Jalen John, who, when he's, whenever he has been able to get on the field, he's been very productive. Yeah. Um, it's just getting on the field. It's been the difficult part. And then, you know, Drake Anderson is still back there too, as well. So you oh, have right. a lot of different options. And so um, figuring out who's going to get to play, but right now, you know, at least listening to what Jed Fish has had to say, it's, it's, you know, the veteran guys and the guys who have been through the battles that are going to be the ones, you know, carrying the load and then they'll figure out how to fit in everybody else. But um, that's one interesting position to look at. Uh, linebackers, another one that Jed Fish brought up on, on a local media day. Um, Jerry Roberts coming off an injury. Um, Malik Reed didn't participate in the spring very much. Those were going to be their two starters, kind of no questions. Those were going to be the guys, but now they're working their way back from injuries. Does it leave the door open a little bit for, for someone else to make a move? Uh, Colby Cage is someone who's come up quite a bit, came to Arizona kind of as a hybrid safety linebacker type, but because of the way they're you know shifting the system and, and the scheme under Johnny Nansen has to play more of a linebacker role and Jed Fish said on the first day, hey, he's someone who's going to challenge for a starting job. And, and so um, there's some interesting options back there. Uh, Tyler Martin is obviously a highly touted recruit, uh, was coming to Arizona to play for Don Brown. They were able to keep him despite Don Brown leaving. And yeah. um, he's from Massachusetts, part? right? Tyler Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah, he's made, he made, made a long trip, uh, you know, across long move across the country and uh, looks the part. I mean, he's a big dude. And so we'll see kind of how he fits. They're using him a little bit as a pass rusher as well. So um we'll see how he kind of fits into things, but he's going to play some inside linebacker for Arizona to start, but there's a lot of intriguing options. And Ammon Allen is another one who just got put on scholarship recently and um, another option for Arizona. So there's a lot of different players back there. And I think these next few weeks are really going to determine who ends up getting on the field and starting and at least contributing in some way. All right, Matt, can you kind of explain to us how much better the talent is for Arizona on paper this year, as compared to last year and maybe the couple of years before that, it seems to us that it's significantly improved. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I'd say that's that's accurate. I mean, I think you just look up and down the roster and you just see the size of a lot of guys. I mean, Tyler Powell at tight end uh, is like six foot seven and you saw him out there and you go, okay, this is different. This just looks different than what they've had before. I think mm -hmm. if there's one thing that is very clear and it will be very clear, you know, if fans come out to practice or if once they watch the games you know, on Saturdays is going to be, whoa, this doesn't look like that team I've known for the last you know decade or so that's been a little bit smaller than everybody it faces mm -hmm. for the most part, especially when they get into conference season. Um, you know, you, you look across the field and you go, how are they so much bigger than Arizona? And obviously, you know, Rich Rodriguez, his mantra was kind of just about speed, and that's all he was 
you know, uh, mostly concerned about. And so a lot of the faster guys are smaller. And so, um, you know, they're, they're trying to kind of shift that and, you know, in some of their recruiting this, in this class, they're adding a lot of size. Um, but just the guys on the roster right now, you just look across the board and you see T-Mac out there, you see Kean Burnett out there, um, AJ Jones, you just see, and even on defense, I mean, somebody that really, uh, you know, this week has really, everyone's like, whoa, I've seen him before, so I know it, but is, is Takario Davis, uh, goes by Bobo, an interesting and fun nickname. When I was asking about him, when I first uh, was, you know, trying to figure out watching a seven on seven, who he was, and I was asking for Takario, asking some of his teammates and the coaches, and they're like, who? And, and they're like, oh, Bobo. And so Bobo is uh, making some waves in the first week of practice and um, just really, you know, lanky and like six foot three and look at Ephesians prize sock. And they have that same similar size at cornerback where it just looks, I know, I know Jed fish has kind of talked about this a little bit where he wants to be the 33rd NFL team, but they're really trying to build an NFL style roster at the college level. Obviously you do that with the top talent and there's still, you know, some room to make up there, but in terms of the makeup of the players and what they look like, you can see what the direction of the program is and what he's trying to achieve. And uh, it's have the biggest guys on the field and, and everything else will follow. And so um, there's just, I think that's the one kind of thing that you, that you notice if you start watching their practices is there's a lot of size on this team. Matt, what are your impressions of Jaden Delora so far? Not just in, I mean, we know how, how good he is and how good he can be, but just personality wise, like, is he, is he strike you as a natural leader? What are your thoughts on him? It's interesting. I mean, I've heard some different opinions uh, from just talking to other people about him. Maybe he's a little bit too confident, but I said, Hey, if you're the PAC 12 freshman of the year, uh, you should be confident. Um, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing for, you know, an Arizona quarterback to say, this is my job. I've proven it already. And, everyone else is going to have to fall in line and, and, and I'm going to, you know, this is my job. And so um, I, I think he, the leadership thing is something that has come up with Jed fish. And, and, you know, on the first day he talked about that, you know, that he, he wants him to become more of a vocal leader. I think he kind of just goes out there and does his thing and says, you know, and everyone will see what I'm doing and kind of follow. So um, it does feel like there's that, you know, they're going to need that nudge and that push to get him to be more of a vocal leader and, and be someone that really kind of rallies the troops. But um, as far as his play, I mean, he fits what they want to do. Um, he's starting to, you know, pick it up a little bit better. And he talked about that this week that he's just, you know, he was freelancing a little bit during the spring because he just didn't fully understand, you know, all the concepts. And that was one of the things, you know, last year when I first saw what Jeff Fisher was trying to do with his offense, I said, this is, I think we even talked about it on the show where it's just a little tricky. I mean, it's, it, there's a lot to it. It's a pro style scheme. It's what, you know, teams in the NFL want to do and what they run. And so there's a lot to it. There's a lot put on the quarterbacks to make sure it's all running well. Um, I think now they have more of the weapons to do what Jed Fish wants to do. He says they're going to throw in some more wrinkles. I think because of, you know, the talent upgrade that they've had and the players and the pieces they now have to do the things they want to do. But um, a lot is going to be put on Jaden Delora's shoulders and, and it'll be very interesting to see kind of how he takes his team. But I think he, I think quietly behind closed doors, I think he enjoys, you know, I'm the guy that everyone can look up to. It's just about, getting that to translate to the field and being more vocal and really, you know, being that guy that everyone wants to, you know, be behind and, you know, play, play for. Matt, my last, last question for you. Um, so, since we talked to UCLA and, and USC have decided to bolt to the big 10 um, decision that was made a while ago, we learned about it pretty recently recruiting wise in terms of football, how does this impact Arizona? Not talking about maybe where they end up or what teams might join the Pac-12, but just without USC and UCLA, how could this impact Arizona in terms of recruiting? 
it's going to be very interesting. I mean, it kind of all does depend on what happens with them and where they go. I think a lot of coaches are saying, well, you know, especially UCLA and USC, they're not afraid to talk about, Hey, yeah, we understand we're going to have to play some different looking teams than what we're used to in the PAC 12. And so I think a lot depends on where Arizona ends up and whether it is, you know, staying in the pack, whatever it's going to be, or, you know, making the move to the big, whatever it's going to be. Uh, you know, I think it'll, it'll be very interesting. I think that not a whole lot will change right away. I think, you know, Jed Fish really likes what they have going on in Southern California. I think regardless of where they're at, that's going to be a big area for Arizona to continue to recruit. Obviously, recruiting in state is going to continue to be a big deal. Um, I don't think it would be ba a bad thing for Arizona to eventually make that move to the Big 12 and get somewhat of a foothold in Texas and be able to say, hey, we're going to play a lot of teams that are, you know, within your region. Your family's going to get a chance to see you quite a bit. Um, you know, I don't think that would be a bad thing for Arizona to make that move because I think. And by the way, Matt, sorry, real quick, Eric's grinning right now because he's been pro Big Ten since this whole thing happened. So pro pro Big Twelve. Pro, oh yeah, Big 12, I mean, excuse I, me. Yes. And I've been saying I think, just yeah. Go ahead, Matt. I was going to say everybody should be uh, pro Big Ten. I mean, that's if yeah. you can get into the Big Ten, that's that's the move to make. I don't think that's in the cards for Arizona right now. So no, I meant I meant Big Twelve. Yeah. Um. But yeah, everybody should be pro Big Ten. But the next best thing is Big Twelve, and I do think that to me, you just look at the Pac-12 and what's going on right now. I don't think that was a very, I, I don't think what George Klyovkov talked about. I think, I think in his mind, it, it sounded different and looked different than what it came out to be. It didn't look like a guy who was fully in charge of the situation and, Hey, we're going to pick off teams from other conferences. I think he intended it that way, but um, the Pac-12 still feels very susceptible uh, right now. And, and, you know, if I'm Arizona, it, it's kind of every man for himself right now. I mean, this is about, making some big money and you have to do whatever is best for you and your university and your programs. And, you know, I've said from the very beginning, the move, the move to make is the move to the big 12. Um, if you can get into the big 10, again, that's what you want. It's just not likely in the cards, but the big 12 move, I, I think just looking at where the PAC 12 is going is it, it just doesn't make sense to be part of the conference for very much longer. I mean, it just doesn't feel like it's going to get any better and, and strengthened in any way. Oh, Maybe gosh. there's something we're not all looking at, but um matt you know how much how much of more of a pain in the butt eric's gonna be now <laughs> I, you know i don't even need to ask another question right i mean matt yeah. just said everything that that i have been saying for weeks all right I, but i'm gonna ask one uh, matt we always appreciate having you on my last question is in 2025 where is arizona playing which conference is arizona playing in uh to start that's part one of the question big 12 i, I just think it makes just way too much sense geographically it fits they fit with the other teams in that conference. Now, will the Big 12 look different? Maybe it will. But I think, you know, if, if the question is right now, if they just join the league and, you know, maybe take ASU with them, it fits in a lot of ways. And so I, I just think, you know, in terms of basketball, obviously it would be a great upgrade for a lot of Absolutely, terms. yes. Um, and football-wise, there's a lot of like, you know, teams in that league. And so I, I just think it fits in so many ways. If they can figure out the money situation and, you know, if Arizona could eventually make more money, it just makes too much sense for me. So if Arizona goes to the Big 12, regardless ASU or not, is there a pack anything in 2025? I don't think so. I think wow. it's it, it, I think this is you're seeing the decline of a conference right now and it will be something else. I mean, the interesting thing is going to be what happens to the Wazoos and Oregon states of the world. Are they now moving to the Mountain West because they're not very seeming they're not very appealing to a lot of conferences? It doesn't seem like right now. I think obviously Stanford and Cal with their high academic 
you know, rankings and, and what people think of them as academic schools, they're going to have a place. And that place feels like the Big Ten, maybe Stanford more deserving than a school like Cal, but uh, in terms of athletics, but, you know, the, I think they fit with the Big Ten. Um, Washington and Oregon are going to be appealing to a lot of different conferences. And, and once you start picking off teams, what are you left with? And so I really, I, I just think, you know, Pac-12 is not long for this world, it seems at this point. And it just feels like we're kind of seeing the decline of a conference kind of in front of our eyes. Shane, you know when you would have a class in college and you would take like an impromptu quiz and you walked out of class, you're like, I nailed it. It's kind of how I feel right now. I'm after sure you the did. Professor. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Matt. Matt. Appreciate Matt, that. Matt Moreno from Rivals.com. Always great to talk to you. Class is now dismissed here on Wildcat Country. Thank you, Professor Matt Moreno. Uh, you know, saying what uh, what I've been saying, Shane. I'm feeling pretty good. He, I mean, it was like he took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, it's almost like you paid him to say that. Yeah. I did not pay him. I can. Oh, it's you know. I, yeah. Why? Finally, some, yeah. somebody gets it. Some yeah, someone on our uh, on our Apple Podcast page uh, left us a nice review, but told you to stop nagging. And Who was that? I don't know. Some guy, but. Uh, but you're not going to stop. I'm not going to hear the end of this now. Yeah, Safari Gabe. Safari Gabe gave us a five-star rating, Shane. Appreciate that, says, Safari I love, Gabe. I, I love this show, but Eric Cohen needs to stop worrying and nagging. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Safari Gabe, thank you for the five-star review. Uh, I encourage all the rest of you to do the same, five-star reviews. And you can bash me if you'd like in those reviews. That's fine. Uh, but I hope I'm not worried. And I'm not nagging. I'm just yeah. speaking look, the truth. Look, Eric, I, I think that a potential move to the Big 12 may work out fine. I just don't think it's like it's a brain, you know, brain dead simple. They have absolutely have to do this. It's their only move. I don't necessarily I'm not in that camp. OK, but now that, you know, you and Matt Marino have two on one me, I, 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 I don't I feel like I, I'm in an unwinnable situation here. I'm saying this, Shane, and I brought this up earlier in the show. You got to flirt with the Big 12 if you're Dave Hickey and, and Dr. Robbins. I mean, Dr. Robbins is a Big 12 guy from Texas. Like, he gets it. Yeah, I, I can, I, without knowing him or ever having spoken to him, you would have to think it's not out of the realm of possibility. He's like, I got to get my school to this conference, especially with the fact that we lost our biggest asset to the Big 10. Now, I know that the Big 12 lost their biggest assets to uh, the SEC, but yeah. they were to pick up, they picked up Houston, Cincinnati, and Central Florida and BYU that are coming in, I believe, next year. Yep. So that's, a, you know, great. Those are great additions. Um, you know, nice. Those are nice games to have. There's not a marquee matchup there, but I think the key is, I, I think we're going to see this week go by and, and ESPN and the Pacific, whatever conference are not going to reach a deal. And, and I think you're going to see it go to market. Um, the television rights go to market. The key for me is CBS. Fox is going to be Big Ten heavy. ESPN is going to be SEC heavy because they're taking over that that uh, CBS deal. CBS and NBC are left with nothing. Uh, well, NBC has Notre Dame, but they could lose that in a few years. Yeah. So CBS especially, you have that 1230 uh, Pacific um, spot that is wide open now. That will be if you can get the Big 12 game of the week there, you have to take that. And that that is where if if the Big 12 can get Arizona and get that deal, to me, that's better than any offer they're gonna get from Apple, Amazon, or anyone else um when it comes to 
uh, TV deal. Yeah, well, and I was going to say, Eric, I just hope that whatever happens with Arizona, hopefully at some point fans can watch their teams on, on direct TV. You know, don't have to, you know, if the game is on Pac-12 Network or whatever, they can actually watch their team on direct TV. Oh, Pac-12 but, Network's dead. Come on. No, but I'm just, I'm just saying, well, I'm hopefully, hopefully every uh, fans of every, whatever Pac-12 team can watch every one of their their team's games yes. on direct TV at some point going forward. Yeah, because now, uh, you know, with YouTube TV, when there's a game on Pac-12 Network, um, I either have to find somebody who's going to give me their login uh, or I'm going to have to go to a sports bar. So uh, thanks, Larry Scott and, you know, George for not fixing it. That's specifically the reason why I have Sling and why I'm behind. I'm always behind a minute on it or two minutes on everything that happens. I have to stay off Twitter during games because we're behind because of the, uh, the, you know, the Well, right. And and just imagine if Arizona or and and stays in the PAC conference, and they go to an Apple or Amazon that's streaming only. Yeah. So you're going to have that. You're going to have that dilemma. Okay. Just a couple of quick things before we wrap it up on the show. Uh, uh, Adia Barnes made a monster flip from UCLA to Arizona. Jada Williams, five-star point guard in 2023, coming to Arizona. Adia Barnes is such a rock star, Shane. I, we already knew that, but still. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. The, there's no reason why. You know, the one thing, one thing the Arizona women's basketball still hasn't done is when a, a pack a conference title uh, outright uh, and I remember even in, it was oh three oh four um, they were the co-pac ten champions uh, with Stanford that year and the Pac ten now Pac twelve going to be Pac ten again soon uh, has gotten better since then in women's basketball you know even when in the last couple of years Arizona has finished third or fourth in in the conference so this may put them over the top I mean that this could make them a perennial top ten team and it shows just how valuable postseason success is you know mm-hmm. i think i feel like in a way that they're sort of um the women's version of, of gonzaga because gonzaga got on the map not because they had decent regular seasons and because they made the ncaa tournament because they made a couple of cinderella ncaa tournament runs i think back-to-back years they were like a 12 seed and they made it a sweet 16 consecutive years they became sort of a um you know fan favorite and, and mark few parlayed that into them being a consistent very good team. Right. Uh, and that's easier said than done. A lot of teams, you know, will fade after something like that, but Adia Barnes has, has turned that into uh, a success. And I, I think their, their run to the final four, and even though it was a heartbreaking loss in the NCAA championship game, and it's still unbelievable. They made it that far. Sure. Uh, but just the fact they made it that far and everyone saw, you know, Adia Barnes really became a, a rock star. You know, he had the, the, even though she wasn't intending for us to all see the double bird, I think that actually helped. It showed her enthusiasm with the team, her being able to, you know, it's the, the photo of her, you know, like uh, pushing her kid out in a stroller after a game, you know, she could do it all. And so, yeah, rock star, uh, you know, Dave Hickey's done a heck of a job. One of his best pieces of work at Arizona has been keeping her there. Yeah. Because she could easily, and, and maybe she will still go eventually, but, you know, pay her. You know, it's amazing what, what this program has turned into after so many years of futility. Uh, another thing in women's basketball, Paige Beckers, who's arguably the best player in the nation from UConn out for the season with a torn ACL, which is terrible. Uh, remember Arizona defeated them a couple of years ago in the yeah. final four. Uh, but just another opportunity. I mean, might be a down year for UConn. Um, I believe, are, are, did they win the national championship or I no, they, they, no, they lost in the final four again. Okay. Year. They lost. Okay. So, uh, you never know. Maybe Arizona gets another shot, uh, this year. They have a, they have a great team. Maya Naji, um, you know, at leading that, uh, Leading the freshman uh, class. Yeah, so my, my, my thought my thought is that they'll, they'll be a top 25, maybe a top 10 team this year. But I think 2023 is when you know they have a lot of that young talent and they maybe they same with the men's team. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, same they with the could, men's team. could be the same thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, last thing. Uh, now, this Jada Williams was not 
actually going to school at UCLA. But uh, uh, Charlize Palacios and Janelle Miano mm-hmm. have uh, left Arizona softball and of all places to go other than going to ASU, which would have been ultimate, the ultimate worst. Uh, UCLA is right up there. Hurts. Uh, yeah. Traders. I, I, I mean, well, that's the word I know, would use. You know what my, I, my media thought was when, when I saw this, because uh, I know you, you mentioned that uh, you, for those who don't know, Eric always puts out a, a itinerary of what we're going to discuss for the show, which I very much appreciate. And he mentioned this and I thought, well, I mean, going, them going to UCLA, their, their biggest rival in, in softball definitely hurts. Uh, but you know, you think about the transfers, you know, flips to Arizona from UCLA or, or you know, in women's basketball, Jade LaVille coming from ASU to U of A, you know, that's, if you want to talk trader, that's, it doesn't get any bigger than that in terms of just that kind of talk. So it hurts. I'm, I'm kind of surprised as you know, the run that they made to the college world series and how unified it sounded like the team was, it was interesting. It seemed like there maybe was a bit of, div- of a divide on the softball team, because I know after Shar uh, Palacios and Janelle Manuel both announced they were going to transfer. You saw a lot of uh, the current U of A softball players on Twitter reaffirm their commitment mm-hmm. to the school, you know, and I yeah. think that was a statement. It's like, we're, hey, we're not leaving. We're not giving up on this program. So, you know, I understand it, it, it's one person's traitor is another person's, uh, you know, hero, whatever, but it, it hurts definitely going to UCLA. I was, I'm surprised and, and disappointed, but, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. I, I, I am so against. And I said this before on the show, and you probably think I'm crazy. I'm so against the whole transferring in conference. You know, like Arizona got uh, one of the best players from ASU women's basketball. Um, and, you, and I, I mean, it's great, but at the same time, I don't like that. So, so if you had it your way, Jaden Delora would not be a wildcat. I mean, just dude, saying. With the, I, I understand. Goes I, both ways. I am, or I, I think if not that, there should be like, you know, you can't transfer to these three schools. Like the school should be able to say you can't go to these yeah. three schools. We, we've had this conversation before, Eric, and I strongly disagree. I just feel like I know. I understand where your perspective. I do, and I appreciate it. But I feel like you should be able to do. You know, in professional sports, you know, teams have gone from one rival to the other. It happens. I, I don't. If you're not going to limit it there, I don't think you should limit it at the college level. Fair That's enough. That's my opinion. The- the full debate is for another show, but we want to thank our friend Matt Moreno, the professor, for joining us. Matt and probably course, agrees with you on that, too, by the way. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm, I'm going to take my wins where I can get them. Uh, thanks, Shane. As always, uh, a great show. For Shane Dale, I'm Eric Cohen. Thanks for listening. And as always, bear down. Bear down.